0: welcome to the Femalepreneur Coach podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Barr. I am a transformational mindset and business coach and six-figure award-winning female entrepreneur. Ladies, I'm here to tell you that business and making money doesn't have to be hard when you're in alignment and flow. Inside this podcast, I will be showing you how to transform your mindset to program it for success, how to maximize your money vibrations, and how to redesign your business for ultimate financial and time freedom. You know you are meant to live an epic life, Now it's time to claim it! Hi ladies! Happy New Year! I am so excited to finally see the back of 2020 and start 2021 with a fresh new outlet, an amazing uh, new set of goals for this year and I hope that you're doing the same. Despite all of our restrictions and lockdown so far, this year is going to be epic. So in this episode today I am so excited to be talking to you all about money blocks and I really think it's important to start the the new year with a fresh outlook and to eliminate all of the blocks that are going to hold you back from financial success in your business and in life. So I will be teaching you what is a money block, where do they come from, how they are most probably showing up in your business and most importantly how to overcome them. I hope you enjoy. Hi to my female entrepreneurs, thank you so much for joining me for another episode um, on my podcast, which is all about money blocks today. I'm so excited to get into this because for me, money is such a personal topic, but it's really one that I'm so passionate about. And I really work quite closely with my clients to um, sort of resolve any issues around money that they have because I truly believe that an empowered woman is one that is in complete control of her financial destiny. So there's a few reasons actually why I have recorded this today. Um, I was actually going to talk about something else originally, but I just felt called to speak about this today. And I think part of that is obviously because it's the start of a new year. And I think it's always best when you're setting your goals to eliminate any potential blocks that may stop you from actually achieving them. And obviously, for us, I'm sure as women in business, a lot of our goals um revolve or centre around finances and um you know how many clients that we want to serve, etc. And if there's any block to that energetically, then it's just going to sabotage all of our plans. And then the knock on effect for that for the year is just you know really unmotivating. So I thought obviously today it would be particularly well-timed to talk about it um, but also I've just recently recorded a masterclass, um, a video masterclass for the Conscious Female Entrepreneurs so you may have listened to my previous podcast where I just mentioned that I had um done some filming with them so the conscious female entrepreneurs is a membership group for women who work with spirits or connect to spirit in their business it's something i feel quite passionately about obviously you know any of my clients will know that i very much touch on feminine energy manifestation the universe energy that sort of thing um, and intuition divine feminine power because i just think it's so important to work with the universe um, and tap into those energies and resources that we have in all of us, um, particularly when we're in business. So, um, So that's obviously why it's quite timely at the moment. So I just recorded a masterclass for them. It's all around manifesting more wealth and abundance and raising your vibrations to be an energetic match to receiving more wealth. Um, So obviously it's very much on my mind. But also from a personal note this week, um, it was my daughter's birthday actually. So we've obviously now gone past Christmas. We've gone past New Year. Um, She's a New Year baby. She was meant to be at Christmas um, eight years ago. It was the longest Christmas of my life because she came like uh, 12 days late so that was a super long Christmas um and she arrived on the 4th of January so um this year obviously we had lots of plans but because of lockdown we weren't able to go ahead with them so we had a couple of days out planned originally we had a party obviously we had to cancel that then we thought we'd do something as a family had to cancel that (laughs) um and then finally obviously accepting that we were going to be at home and our, our our options were extremely limited I actually hired um a sleepover party actually which was really really sweet so it was um a lovely group of ladies that came around and set up for the kids uh, some like teepees and um, like a really beautiful little area for the kids to play in and it was just a sleepover party essentially. Um, It wasn't particularly expensive in my eyes, I think it was a couple of hundred pounds but it it provoked, or not provoked, but it it caused a conversation with myself and my partner which really highlighted to me how he has money blocks because for him... The expense of the sleepover was huge. Um, it, as I said, it was only a couple of hundred pounds, but he he has a very much a scarcity mindset and he feels, you know, we should be super cautious at this time. Um, and he's very much lives in lack. And it's quite interesting as a couple, how different our views are on money. Um, but that only comes from doing work on yourself. And we had the conversation, I kind of said, but do you understand kind of, you know, in In saying that it's really expensive, do you understand the messages that you're sort of putting out into the universe, implying that money is in short supply, that it's, you know, not, it doesn't flow freely, that we're not going to have any more anytime soon? You know, you're really blocking yourself off to the flow of wealth and abundance. Um, But also, it's just, yeah, it was just really, really interesting. And I wonder how many of us have those conversations with our partners where our views, are so um, differing and that obviously comes down to childhood conditioning and messages that we heard when we were young. Um, So for him, you know, he is from a a very poor background. His parents didn't have lots of money to pay for birthday parties and where he has sort of continued that cycle um, and that scarcity mindset and belief system, I also came from that sort of background but I have... um, raised my own awareness to break that cycle. So I don't live in that mindset. I know that there is wealth and abundance flowing around us at any point. Uh, You know, there's $14 trillion um, in the economy at any point in time, there is no lack of money even when, you know, things are tight and the is tough. And, you know, particularly now during lockdown, there's still money. Um, absolutely. You know, the government has money, we have money, banks have money, it's all around us. It's just how you tap into it and attract it to you. Um, so obviously, based on that conversation, you know, he really was quite fascinated on my perspective, um, I guess for me, from a personal point of view. Um, you know, I didn't have birthday parties and things when I was young and, you know, money was in short supplies. So that would be a luxury that my mum wouldn't have been able to afford. So now I am in a position to do these things for my children. I really go out and I love it and they get a lot of joy from it. Um, so, you know, I just thought it was quite interesting to share that with you so that you could maybe reflect on some of the relationships that you have surrounding you and the messages that you receive regarding money. So let's get into it. So, My passion for money really comes from um, just my story when I was young. um, I had... As I said as well, I also feel that any empowered female needs to be in control of her financial destiny and she needs to understand that the the possibilities available for you are limitless. You know, like I said, you really don't need to buy into that scarcity mindset Um, and, you know, listening to what the news tells you and what people tell you. There is always enough money, always enough business for us to go around. It's just you might maybe might have to be creative as to how you attract that to you. Um, but I also think it's passion for me because it's it's what it represents. It's freedom, the ability to say yes to any opportunity that comes my way. Um, it's the um, opportunity to invest in myself, in my business, to have complete independence from myself. I'm not at the mercy of anybody else. I make all of my decisions by myself. That that alone is very empowering, um, and it's essentially provides you with the ability to thrive in life experience everything that life has to um, has as an option available um, and anything that you feel called to and not just to survive in life so that's something I feel super passionate about but my story kind of starts with money from when I was very young. I've always been super aware of money. And that's something that I kind of have tried to, um, like I said, break the cycle, protect my kids from this when they've been super young. Um, you know, rightly or wrongly, um, they wouldn't know, you know, whether I was in a in a bad financial state or if I was in a great financial state. I always try and maintain a consistent um Sort of expectation in terms of you know for treats you wait until you know special occasions. It could be milestones like oh it's Friday we're going to have a family treat day or um, if they've done something particularly well or um, if we've got birthdays or special occasions I'll always go all out. But they don't expect it all the time. And Christmas again you know I've got a very large family got lots of children so they understand that everything is kind of shared between them um, and they have a really good balance on it, I think. Um, But for me, when I was young, I was very much aware about our financial situation at home. We were constantly in a cycle of feast and famine. So I would always, um, we would have loads of money or we would have no money. And when we have no money, it would mean literally no money. Um, So our house was actually repossessed at one point. And I think it would have been so easy for me to buy into the messages that I was being told at the time um, around um there being a scarcity of money, money's not safe. If you have it, people will take it away from you. It comes and goes really easily. So spend it while you've got it. Um and it's taken years to really work on those blocks and understand that a lot of the messages and, and feelings and thoughts that I had around money weren't my own and they're ones that I inherited as a child. So I'd definitely like to invite you guys as well to do the same. It's fascinating to me. Um, when I speak to friends about money and stuff, it's almost like a taboo subject. It's like we're almost talking about sex or something really intimate. Um, people have so many um, emotions attached to it, you know, fear, guilt, shame, um, jealousy, pride we we wrap so much up into what is essentially energy it's just an energetic exchange of value that's all it is money's just a piece of paper it meant nothing years ago it's just a bit of paper that somebody's attached a value to and we give it an exchange of service um but yet for some of us it just consumes us um so that's so. this is, again, just something that I'm so passionate about. Um, and it's all about controlling your fate and your destiny and your quality of life by taking control of the stories that you tell yourself around money. So what is a money block anyway? So a money block is where you could be potentially energetically blocking the flow of money to you because of these limiting beliefs that you have around money. Um, As I mentioned, they come from childhood conditioning. So And it's quite interesting how many of our beliefs, as I've said before, aren't our own. So if you think about, you know, members of your community, your parents, what were some of the messages that you, you know, aunts, uncles, um, anybody that was kind of an authoritative position in your life as a child, um, what messages did they say about money? I'm sure we all heard at some point, money doesn't grow on trees, I'm not made of money. Um, And all of these things as a child, we take literally So we don't really have a critical faculty at that point to really think logically about what we're being told. We take everything we say at that age as fact. So money doesn't grow on trees, money is in short supply. We probably also saw our parents having to work, trade their time for money. So there were no opportunities years ago for passive incomes, online earning, side hustles. You know, if you wanted to earn extra money, you had to work extra hours. And that was their reality. So for them, you know, they probably have really negative messages around money. It probably meant that, you know, your parents were working long hours and you never saw your, your dad or something when you were young. So for you, you would then have associated money as being, you know, the root of all evil and um, not safe and that you have to compromise or choose. You can't have it all. You can't have a, a loving family home, but a successful, thriving business. You have to choose, especially when, as women. I think when we have children as well, we feel like while they're young, we have to play it small. We can't have a big, thriving, successful, booming business because it means time away from our kids. You know, we just have to tick along and have pocket money businesses. And that is absolutely not true, particularly not at this time, um, you know, we're living in an era where the world is our oyster, literally, like we could have five different side hustles, 100 different passive income streams, um, you know, an Amazon business, for example, making money overnight while we sleep, we can do it all. And we can still have a young family. And we can still be a good person. And we can still be an active part of our community. And we can still spend time with our families. And we can still give back and be generous. Um, But it's Yeah, so it's really interesting. It all comes from childhood messages. So how does this then show up in your business as an adult? So it's quite interesting, because we all think as sort of, you know, empowered female business owners, that we know our own mind, and we know that we deserve the world and more, and we're setting these huge financial goals, but don't realise that underneath that all, we may have limiting beliefs or blocks around money. And actually be sending the universe conflicting messages and essentially undermining our attempts to earn that money. So if you have a business where you're completely overwhelmed, overbooked, you've got so many clients you don't know what to do with them, you're tired, you're stressed, chances are you're not charging enough. And that is a classic money block or or a limiting belief around money. So it could be that you don't want to raise your prices. Um, You perhaps feel like it would be bad for you to charge any more. It would be unfair if people couldn't afford your services. Particularly for me, you know, I'm a coach. I mean, I'm a heart-led coach. So, you know, for people that perhaps can't afford to work with me on a one-to-one basis, that always makes me feel really, or it did, always made me feel really bad because it's it's that Um, sort of little voice in your head that's saying, but it's not fair that you're, you're here to help and serve and then people can't afford you. But my podcast is one of the reasons why I've actually started that. For people that can't necessarily afford my help at the time, Um, albeit that presents and indicates a limiting belief around money and that if they can't afford it, then they absolutely need it because they're obviously living in a a mindset that they cannot see for themselves and they need help to change it. So they absolutely should utilize my coaching services. But for them... Now I have a podcast, which is completely free. So I'm still offered, able to offer that advice and support and knowledge. um. But it's in a way that is accessible to them. So I don't have to serve every person and everybody. I don't have to be everything to everyone. However, if there are people that I think it's such a shame they're not quite in that place to be able to afford it, they now have another option. So they can listen to my podcast, read my blog, they can follow my social media, I give enough value away for free that I'm now accessible to everybody. But if you are in a similar position where you feel uncomfortable or awkward about increasing your prices, that is a money block. So um, try and really get to the bottom of it and understand where does that come from? Where is this resistance? What is it that I'm worried about? Am I worried about judgment from other people within my industry? Am I worried about people thinking badly of me and that I shouldn't be? Do I feel like it's wrong for me to make money in my business from a service that I should be offering for free? Hmm. So kind of try and get to the bottom of that. And I always love to journal these things out. If I'm ever in a place where I'm not quite sure where that is coming from, is that something that I think? Or is that something that I've inherited from somebody else? Or is that a limiting belief? So I always like to kind of um, use that self-reflection to look at it. But if you are absolutely overworked, overbooked, tired, and your demand is outstripping your availability, and you're having to work every day and night you're absolutely not charging enough and you need to look at that. Um, It can also present itself if you're not investing in yourself. So you're literally doing absolutely everything by yourself, you feel like it would be extravagant or reckless or irresponsible or really, you know, selfish to hire a bookkeeper or a virtual assistant or somebody that could help you with your emails, somebody to help you with your social media. I think or even somebody like myself, a coach that could just help you in certain aspects of your business or mindset or money um, to actually help you improve. We feel like as women that we have to do everything ourselves and particularly when we're mothers as well. Um, you know, I used to laugh back when I think back now to instances when my kids were really young and I was still in that very much poor money mindset in that, you know, I'd have underwear and clothes that were literally older than my kids and I would just feel absolutely you know selfish it's taking money away from my children if I would go out and treat myself it's ridiculous because how are you supposed to thrive as a person when you're constantly denying yourself any help support or any energetic support that will help free up your time and energy to do to, to sort of live your life to thrive to be happy to be less tired um, and it's always just fascinating to me that this seems to be a problem more so with women. We carry so much more guilt than men about spending money, particularly when it comes to our business. Um, I know so many women that are so proud of themselves that they do absolutely everything. They do the marketing, they do the accounts, they do the social media, um, as well as providing the services and giving doing all the value um, adding activities. And they almost wear it as a badge, with a badge of honour. And I just think... Wow, bless you, you must be absolutely shattered. But also, what a shame that you're in such a a scarcity mindset that you are essentially holding yourself back from growing. Growing as a person, but also your business growing, because I can't imagine that any one person ever is the expert in every element of those business activities. You can't possibly be a social media expert and guru, and also an accountant, and also, you know, I don't even know what else I said, but a marketing expert, you can't necessarily cover all of it. You can to a basic level, um, but you can't be an expert and a guru in every area because it would just be impossible. It's completely conflicting skill sets and what an absolute waste of your time. (laughs) So... As soon as you can in your business, this is one of the things that I kind of encourage with my clients is to really look at the activities that you're doing that just don't serve you. Um, either you don't enjoy them um, or you're not best placed to do them. You ne- don't necessarily have the skills to do to do them to their absolute best. And just concentrate on the things that you do do uh, that no one else can do. Um, so if you really want to push your business forward. So again, I invite you to take a look at all of the activities on your to-do list that either you're putting off because you hate them and they're hard work and you don't want to do them um, or perhaps even that you're doing but shouldn't be doing. So we love to um, bog ourselves down with busy work, I like to call it. So it's very easy to sit and get really into the detail of planning your social media and replying to emails and messages on, um, you know, our Facebooks and chatting to people in the groups and stuff, which is fantastic. It's all nurturing your audience, but it's not income producing activities. It's just busy work. It's busy work that could be done by anybody. Um, As soon as you have the money to invest in yourself and your business, those are the kind of tasks you absolutely have to get as far away from you as you possibly can. Do not waste your time with these sorts of, you know, activities that aren't going to produce you any money, particularly if you want to grow, but also for your own sanity um, stop playing small, start investing in support in those areas. Um, and if you are getting a resistance to it, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't right now. I don't have any money. Well, if you don't have any money today, then absolutely make that your next priority because your greatest resource in your business is you. Um, and if you continue to argue with yourself about why it isn't a priority, then that is highlighting a money block and a limiting belief. So that is something you need to work on. Make that one of your goals for this year. Um, Another way that it can be presenting itself is if you're bartering or discounting your services. So a lot of us, particularly when we're starting out in business, we feel almost guilty for accepting money if we're not quite where we think we need to be in terms of experience or skill set. We're almost grateful for any inquiry so therefore we have a certain element of resistance around our prices that either we've set them too high and we don't believe in them or there'll be an issue around self-worth so that we almost self-sabotage ourselves and we're constantly discounting our prices so we've gone through all the pain and agony of determining them in the first place but then we just keep discounting them and all it does is undermine the value of yourself and your service or your products um, by continually discounting but then equally we might get people that want to trade services or um get some kind of bulk discount and when we do that just be mindful that the messages that we're sending to the universe around money that we're not really worth it and not worth the prices that we're setting um and obviously if you're sort of doing that continually, you're just sabotaging all your attempts to actually earn any decent money, which is just completely counterproductive. So absolutely stop doing that, even if it's an exchange of services. So for example, if you need somebody to look after your website and you do um, social media, it might be quite tempting to just say, okay, I'll do this for free. You do that for free. But the problem with that is, are you really giving your all to that person for somebody who isn't even paying you? Do you feel a little bit resentful for the time and effort that you're putting into somebody else's business when you could be doing your own? It doesn't really it doesn't really make sense. So what would be better instead, and again the messages that you're sending to the universe, would be I'm gonna pay you and you're gonna pay me. How about that? How about those apples? I really appreciate and respect your services and I'd love to support somebody who's a you know new business like myself. So I'm going to pay you and then you're going to do the same for me. And that would be a much more positive my um, message to the universe because you're energetically receiving that money. Um, so that's something that I would love you to bear in mind. Stop accepting requests for discounts and bartering your services. So another money block could be opportunities in your business where there's potential for passive income streams, but you actively Don't pursue them because underneath you believe that making money needs to be hard and that you feel bad almost for making more money than you need. Um, This is classic for me because when I set up any business, and obviously I've had multiple businesses over the years, the first thing I will do is look for a passive income stream to start because that will quietly be ticking along in the background. Um, You have an initial investment in terms of time to set it up, but then it's done and then you 've always got that potential to bring in more money to subsidize or to supplement whatever else your your main income is, um, so some people do it in the other way, and I think it 's counterintuitive in that they will focus on their core business, but they and they will know that there 's passive money making income streams for them um, so it could be a course or a workshop or an ebook or um an affiliate scheme or there could be hundreds of things depending on what your business model is um but they will put that as on the back burner as a I'll do that later I'll do that when I have more time I'm focusing on my business right now and I'm like what this is like an ideal opportunity to earn money from doing nothing like it why, why would you put that off? That should be your first priority to get all of those avenues exhausted and up and running. So that when you get back to your core focus, which is your main business, that's all you have to worry about. There is no phase two or phase three, or, you know, phase four, you're literally set up good to go, and you are making money from all angles. That is what a smart businesswoman does. So if you have any resistance or delay to, to looking into and exploring these income streams, then again, that's another money block that you need to look at. So another one would be around playing it small when it comes to your money goals. Now, a lot of the time we set goals and either we do it so, so big and so ridiculous, like I won a million pounds by this time next year, that it's just, it's never going to happen. Our subconscious mind will never get on board with that kind of goal when it's just so completely unrealistic. It's almost just pointless. Um, because we know in our heart of hearts, that's never going to happen. And we're not going to take the action to do it. But then equally, we have, like I said earlier about the mums that sort of, you know, we um, aren't treating our businesses like businesses, we're treating them like hobbies, we're not setting goals high enough. We're so happy with just ticking along and earning pocket money and just enough for what we need, rather than more than what we need to pay our bills and, and to sort of make it worth it that we're missing such a huge opportunity. Ladies, you can have it all, you can have your million pound business, it's just about then breaking that down and taking the inspired steps to actually execute on that plan. Um, If that is something that you want, That's absolutely available to you. That's another money block really is believing that huge success in your business isn't available to you. And a lot of us can actually be quite intimidated by it. We can be quite scared by it. And the key to that is um, breaking it down so we can actually see for ourselves how realistic it is. Uh, so I always at the beginning of any year when I'm setting my financial goals, I break it down into how many clients do I want to serve how many and it is about serving it not about selling. I absolutely know that the more that you serve and the more value that you give out into the world, the more that you will get back. So I would definitely try and you know, use that focus and that viewpoint as opposed to I just want to get through 100 clients or something. But if you have, a you know, a product business. Um, where it actually is numbers and units, then it's just about working that backwards, isn't it? If I need to sell 100 units, how many is that a day? If I want to sell so many a day, how how many people do I need to convert to paying customers? It may be that only one in four people that visit your site actually buy anything. Okay, so if then I need to bring four people in for every one unit that I'm gonna sell, that's 400 clients that need to have eyes on my website. So where can I start ramping up the activity to actually generate those numbers? Is it advertisements? Is it collaborations? Is it growing your social presence? Is it, um, you know, reaching out to extended networks? Is it, like I said, collaborating with other brands? There's so, the, the possibilities are endless as to how you can increase your reach and engagement with potential customers. But it's until you have that blueprint of what it is that you need to do, the, it's impossible to sort of see how you're going to execute on these big financial goals. But as I said, when you when you also then add that in with, I don't feel like actually that huge success is available to someone like me, little old me, at home with my little business, that's when um, a money block is really, really obvious and where we're probably um, self-sabotaging, procrastinating and blocking the energetic flow of that abundance coming to us because we just don't think it's available to us. Um, I absolutely believe that any one of us can make a fortune if that's what is desired in our hearts if it's if it's meant for you it's meant for you um and it's just about finding a plan and executing it and being consistent with that um so another money block I've just realized I've actually got quite a few here when I think about it is comparing your services so when you're pricing your services it's using your industry or competitors as a benchmark. Because we don't feel confident enough in setting our own prices and that is just really dangerous ground I think as a businesswoman because what you're doing is you're essentially taking on everybody else's limiting beliefs around money and inheriting their money blocks because who knows when your competitor, even if they're doing really, really well and they're really successful, if they also have an element of resistance around receiving money um, and uh, and that's how they've priced their services, by you comparing yourself um, to them, you're also now inheriting their money blocks, because you've now set a ceiling on yourself um, that is imposed entirely by their views and and their conditioning around money. So when you are pricing your services, instead of looking at what the competition or what you you think that your industry allows, because bear in mind, there will always be for any product, there will be a luxury market, and there will be a basic and budget and economy market always. Even like trainers, you know, you can get them from Primark for probably like three pounds, or you can get them from Nike or Yeezy or something designer, and there'll be hundreds. And both ends are doing very well successfully, you know, financially. So I'm pretty sure that Gucci doesn't look at Primark and think, hmm, I would love to charge 500 pounds to my trainers. But you know, Primark are doing them for three pounds, so I better not. I think they they are confident enough that they have their own lane, they have their own market and they have faith in that market and that they know that what they are delivering to those people and their customers and their clients is they're going to pay for it. So they are really not worried about Primark and what the other competition are doing. Um, so that's kind of the mindset that you need to adopt as well when you're pricing your own services. It's looking at actually regardless of what everybody else is doing, what do I feel comfortable with? What do I think that my services are worth? What's the cost of the transformation to my client for the service that I provide? If it's beauty, you know, when somebody has their makeup done professionally, albeit there'll be an industry average on what you can charge for that service. But if actually you as an expert has more experience, or you're affiliated with luxury brands, or, you know, you give a better aftercare service and a more comprehensive, um, you know, service overall, and your social media is on point, and you've got your own brand, then you don't have to charge what Susan down the road charges in a basic beauty salon for a you know a basic makeup package. You can charge whatever you want because if your clients are saying to you, Oh my god, this is amazing, this is the best I've ever felt, I'm going to go out like a feeling like Beyonce today. When I go out this evening, I'm going to look amazing, feel amazing. What is the price that you put on that transformation? What's the price that you put on the aftercare that she and the knowledge that she's received on how to apply that now when she gets home? Um, you know. That's the that's where you put your price on your services, and again, if you have a product, it's about brand and positioning. Again, there'll be trainers that are two pounds, there'll be trainers that are five hundred pounds. Do you think the quality of the product is that different? No, it's about the brand and the positioning, um, and that's something that you kind of need to bear in mind. So stop looking at your competition or. Really, I don't believe in competition, I think there's enough for everybody, and it's all about collaboration. But hey, um, stop looking at your competitors when pricing your service because otherwise, like I say, you're inheriting their money blocks. Uh, another block is setting clear boundaries. Um, so a lot of us will, um, just sort of be you know accepting of people that are late paying, people that want to discount, um, we're too generous, um with what we're adding to for to, to clients you know we're just constantly giving 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 and we're never you know really truly getting compensated for that work so just be clear on those boundaries um again it's about setting sending out the right message to the universe so if you want um to attract clients that are happy to pay your um pay your prices stop discounting them, stop letting the late payers stop being making yourself available to every person. Because the reality is, that's just not going to (laughs) work. And it's completely pointless and completely futile. And it's a business model that you don't want to adopt. So another one is if you you'll know that you'll have a money blocking business, if you're attracting people that don't want to pay for your service, that will be a test from the universe. Um. And that will be mean that your energetic levels are at um, a level where you are vibrating at a low level and you're attracting low paying or low vibrating individuals. They're matching your vibrations. So that is why you keep getting these people um, that don't want to pay for your services because low vibrations just attract more low vibrations um, so, again, if you feel like, what the hell is going on? All I keep getting is people that just keep saying no. Well, that's because you've not positioned yourself um, energetically or in, in a market, you know, in, in a brand awareness. What is your brand saying? If, it's, if it looks really basic and looks like you've rushed it, you're going to get people that are kind of at the same level. If it looks on point, luxurious or premium or just super professional, you're going to attract people that are at that same level as you. So we've kind of covered off, I guess, most of the main money blocks, I think, that are present in your business, but it will just be completely um, individual to you. So if you're not currently making this, you fin- really currently don't experience the financial success that you want to, that is when you need to sit there and have a think and have a look at what is it that I am doing that is that has got me to where I am now. So what I would do as well then is... Um, Really, to start overcoming these money blocks is starting with your journal. so write down all of your money stories from when you were young so you 've got to take it right back to basics with these things um, so literally sitting there and thinking, what is it that I heard when I was young what is my, what are my parents relationships with money, and how is that now presenting itself as an adult so for me. I've had periods of fi- like amazing financial success and I've also had some low points. Um obviously I was a single parent for a long time and wasn't able to work as much as I wanted to and it really impacted me because but also I used that as an excuse I think. I purposely limited my options to to me because I felt that as the role of a single parent is almost like a struggling single parent and the um you know, my kids are young and I very much suffered from that mum guilt of not wanting to work too much. Um, but equally, I wasn't aware of where I needed to be putting my money. So I was doing everything by myself, which just extends the process of setting up a business when you're doing it tirelessly all by yourself with no support. Um, it just I'd really bought into that image of what a struggling single mum needed to be. Um, And it was only when I started working on this and doing the research myself and just becoming more aware of energies and um, realising that I was at cause for my situation in life, um, the good, the bad and the ugly, that I could really start making some energetic shifts and mindset shifts with my NLP work as well to... um, Really understand that I was completely in control, and I and that really empowered me because then I had to be the one to make the changes, and I have. And obviously now things are completely different. You know, life is very much in flow. My finances are in flow. I'm super focused, but equally, you know, I don't hustle every day. It's it's all very much just in flow and alignment for my goals and for myself, um, and it's great. And that's what I really want to kind of share with you guys. Um, is that as well. So how do you move from having a money block to eliminating them? First of all, as I said, it's about journaling and understanding where your um, underlying beliefs around money, and we all catch ourselves doing it when we tell our kids, if you're if, if you're ever not sure about whether you are potentially repeating cycles, have children, because the amount of times I say have said things to my kids in the past and I'm like, oh, my God, I sound like my mum. Literally, she used to say that to me all the time when I was young. And um, that is how you know you're that you're repeating the cycle. So if you are saying things to your kids or to others or if you're triggered by something on social media. So, if you've got a friend that's doing really well in business and they seem to be living this effortless life, if that is bringing up thoughts of jealousy, listen to that. That's powerful information. You need to take that on board because that says to you that somewhere you have some sort of resistance around it's all right for her, it's easy for her, that you've got a belief somewhere that making money needs to be hard and why should it be so easy for her and why is it not available to me? And all of this is powerful information. So start with your journal and really get intimate with these deep, dark thoughts and histories around money. Because once you see it on the paper and acknowledge it, a lot of the time, that can be enough to start creating that shift. But also, once you have it on paper, it's about forgiving these beliefs. So for me, when I've been inconsistent with money, it's because I had a limiting belief actually that making money wasn't safe. Um when I was young, not to get too deep, but I had a um a particular instance where I had a, um some inheritance. My dad sadly passed when I was very young. Um so when I said that we had a lot of money at one point, that was when obviously he passed and my mum, you know, had a an inheritance from him, but literally she blew through it so quickly because she wasn't used to that sort of wealth, and that's why a lot of um lottery winners um lose their money really quickly because they're not acclimatized to having that sort of money. So they almost repel it because they don't know what to do. It feels so uncomfortable. They literally don't know what to do with it. So they get rid of it. And that is essentially what happened with her. But I also had um, a stepdad who took advantage of that situation and actually essentially stole my inheritance he spent it all um when I was of an age where I was too young to obviously consent but he just took all the money and and then I never had it so that's obviously super sad but for me that that gave me the message that money can be taken away at any point and it's not safe for me to earn too much money because somebody's going to want it Either the taxman or relatives or somebody will find a way to take that money away from me. So it's better to keep it small and keep it to myself Um, and don't be proud of my accomplishments because I don't want any negative attention from anybody else to say, like, oh, look at her. Like, and isn't she bragging and everything else? It's just, oh, it's so boring how we really train ourselves as women to play small and downplay our success and to not tell anyone how proud we are or excited we are of ourselves for our achievements because that might make them. Feel bad. It's amazing. Don't do that if you're doing that in, at the moment. Um, keeping yourself small to satisfy other people will never work. So once, sorry, once you've got these stories, then part of that journey is forgiving um, yourself for them because obviously for me my, your brain will always try and keep you safe. It doesn't want you necessarily to keep you happy. Its main focus is to keep you safe. So my brain associated having too much money as dangerous, and it wasn't safe, and people would take it away from me. So it purposely kept me small. And I would be unconsciously, you know, not taking action, not jumping on every opportunity, not making the most of um, opportunities to make money and connections and, and that sort of thing. So I was Unintentionally keeping myself small because I was scared to make money basically and be success and I didn't want people looking at me and um da da, da da and it kind of just stems from you know goes on from there so what I had to do was forgive myself for having that mindset and just sort of saying um, you know thank you I love you please forgive me I'm sorry and that comes from an ancient practice of forgiveness called Haponu Aponu and it's a Hawaiian practice. It's so beautiful. I will talk about this more on another podcast. So don't worry about getting into that too much. But it's just even if you wrote all your stories and and issues down and occurrences where, you know, you felt some kind of way with regards to money as you've been growing up or as an adult, or you feel like people have hurt you or let you down, or you feel like money's let you down, whatever it is, the good, the bad, the ugly, write it down and then forgive it and that is a really great way of clearing your energetic blocks. Um, But I also have some practical ways as well. So symbolically, that's a really great exercise, particularly if you have um, a new moon as well, because you're also releasing things that you want to let go of. So that's a great opportunity as well. But again, I will get into that in another podcast session. Um, But some practical ideas for you now would be, again, as I said, stop comparing what are your prices to others when you're looking at pricing your services? Absolutely stop doing that. Set clear boundaries. Um, When it comes to clients and family members, it amazes me how many people start a small business and then all of their friends and family want everything for free or discounted. If they were truly supporting you, they would pay the full price and they would allow you to grow and reinvest that money back into your business. So you have people around you that are doing that. You need to be respectful with your boundaries and say, look, you know, thanks so much for saying that. You know, you'll tag me on social media. Amazing, but actually, what I really need is the money for that product because I have to reinvest in new stock, um, and it needs to be worth it to me. I need to invest in myself energetically. I can't do all this for nothing. So, never be afraid to say no. Um, Before that as well, it's also about getting intimate with your finances. So for so many of us, we will avoid opening letters. We will never really know how much is in our bank account to the penny. We we will give our power away to other people like our partners, our parents, um, trusted advisors, and they have financial control that has to stop. Ladies, you need to be intimate with your finances. That's the only way that you can control it. Where focus goes, energy flows. And if you're so wishy-washy with your money, you're not really sending out the right messages to the universe that you're ready to take it seriously. Um, and it's, yeah, it's always just really interesting to me how many women don't know what is in, you know, what goes in and out of their bank accounts. And, and that's essentially what happened with my mum. You know, she didn't know what my stepdad was spending, and we lost our house. He'd completely racked up a huge amount of debt that she wasn't aware of, um, and was completely blindsided. And we were evicted, you know, repossessed and everything else. So that's left quite a scar for me as a, as a as a child, but also as a woman, that I will always be financially independent. And it's not about keeping everything separate. I understand when you've got a marriage and everything else, it's about having joint accounts, but equally, you never want to be in a position where you've got to ask somebody else for money. Um, there's nothing less empowering as a woman than having to ask for somebody else for money. So you should always be in control of your own f- finances. And that starts with understanding exactly where you are at that point. So I know what it's like when you've been in debt and you just can't bear looking at another letter. Every letter feels like another energetic blow to your soul. But you have to start by taking accountability. And again, as I said, you are the co-creator of your universe. So you've created this mess, the good, the bad, the ugly but then equally you're empowered to change it because if you created it, you can absolutely uncreate it and create a new reality just as easily. So you have to start by getting yourself a spreadsheet or a list or a planner or whatever works for you um, and just tracking everything you're spending, um, everything that's coming in, that's going out um, and just being really mindful of areas where you can save money but not living in lack. That's the thing, I've got a couple of friends at the moment that are all saving for mortgages and houses and all they are trying to do at this point is just look at every way that they can take out any pleasure in life, they, how they can cut back on any spending And it's just completely the wrong way to to look at saving for something. It should be motivating, inspiring, enjoyable, excitable. Just how much misery you can go through to get to a goal is not the point really in life. It's not about how much you can save. It's about how much more you can bring in. And that's what I keep saying to them. If you really want to get to that goal quicker, it's not about saving two pounds a day by not having a coffee, if you really bloody enjoy that coffee, have the coffee, live your best life, enjoy it, but really enjoy it, savor it. It's it's about not spending money needlessly or mindlessly. So it doesn't actually mean anything. Um, But also about bringing, opening yourself up to the flow of more money, possibly getting a second income or a passive income stream, or just, you know, looking at the revenue streams for your business now and how you can cut costs there or how you can um, make them more efficient or how you can bring more money in or grow your audience like there's so many more exciting ways um, even my kids actually have bank accounts now because this for me is just something that I feel so passionate about about the, ne- the next generation and the youth is about again empowering them to be in control of their finances so that when they get to an age of where they have to start paying their own bills they're not intimidated by money it's just money it just is what it is and you know, they know that they can make more, they they know that they can spend less. And it's all just sort of a bit of a mess. Like it's not a priority or focus. It doesn't bring up sorts of shame or guilt or stress or worry. And that's where I'd love them to be. Because when you look at the super wealthy, they don't care about money. Like it's not a thing. It's not something that consumes them. It doesn't make them feel worthless they just have money and money's money and it comes and and they just expect it. And that's where I want to kind of develop the wealthy mindset for my children. So um, they already have bank accounts, they already know checks and balances, as in, you know, the transaction of value and services, so i.e. pocket money. Um, So they know that by doing extra chores, they'll receive extra money. And if they want extra things, then they have to save the money for, you know, to, to pay for it and they've already got a good healthy understanding of it and they're not consumed by it it's almost like you know it's just a bonus really and that's and that's where I want them to be it's amazing to me obviously one of my businesses um was a barber shop and um we used to have a lot of apprentices that came and went and it just used to horrify me how many of these young adults come in coming into the business just didn't even have their own bank accounts. You know, 18, 19, some younger, but some older don't even have their own bank accounts. And I was like, well, how are you paying your bills? Oh, my mum pays for it. My mum pays for my phone. My mum pays for my car. Um, She just gives me money when I want it. And I'm like, wow, what are those parents with the best of intentions actually teaching their children about the value of money and personal responsibility? Um, They're almost you know, disempowering their children because they've got no idea. I could have said to them that they were going to be paid 20p a day and they probably would have been happy with that because it's still more than what they had. Um, you know, they didn't know about national insurance or tax or savings or um, literally anything to do with finances they had absolutely no idea and yet they were of an age where they could be going out and fending for themselves and supporting themselves with an income and yet they had no awareness of money no regards for that you know some of them would be coming in every day spending like 20 pounds on taxis to work every day and I'd be like why the hell am I paying you this money this great encouraging day rate when actually it's just going on a taxi like what a waste of money you could do so much more and I would constantly be finding myself trying to mentor them to take personal personal responsibility and to want more out of their lives you know they'd sit there and say I would love to go on holiday with my friends but I can't afford it this year I'd be like of course you can you just need to stop wasting money on these needless things and spending it like it's free money it doesn't mean anything to you but that's I kind of digress that's just a personal rant about young the youth of today and and money and how we need to get our children um, accountable while they're young and developing that wealthy mindset um, another way to uh, eliminate your money blocks is by setting clear goals with action. So as I said before, um, you know, breaking it down and not feeling overwhelmed or intimidated by it, make it actionable, make it practical, make it realistic. And then you have a clear blueprint of what it is that you need to do to hit those goals. Um another one is about getting good at receiving money. Oh my God, how many times as women do we even like struggle to accept a compliment? It's so hard for us to receive help, to receive support, to receive anything. God, we're so used to giving our energy away to other people, um, to our children, to our partners, to our schools, to our communities, to our businesses, that we leave very little for ourselves. And again, it's all about what is that representing energetically to the universe about our desire to receive money? Oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Everybody else can have it before me. I'll come last. My needs come last. Um, absolutely fine. It, you know, you really need to get embrace your feminine energy, which is all about creative flow, but also about receiving. Um, so just look at those areas of your life where you could be receiving more and you're not. So look at that as an energetic block and something you need to work on. Um, My next tip would be about valuing yourself, your time, your services. Stop lowballing. So again, it's around pricing your services, but also giving your energy away. Um, You know, charge what your, I hate to say the word worth, because then we put our we attach our self-worth to our prices in our business and it isn't completely related at all it's about what is the product worth what is the value like of the service what is the transformation worth what is that worth to my client um what joy is that going to bring them you know what problem is that going to solve um and that's where you need to start pricing your services so i kind of touched on that already but i think it's important um obviously not giving your power away to other people so don't um Allow your accountant to take care of your taxes. You know, you don't necessarily have to do it, but you certainly need to have sign off. You know, don't let anybody else control costs and spend within your business without at least running it past you and giving a heads up, even if that person is your partner. (laughs) Um, And it's okay to want more than you need. That one is such a key one, particularly for us women. Um, We feel like when we're setting our goals and when we're asking the universe for what we want, it's very much about what we need no, 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 we're not here to survive in life. It's all about thriving and experiencing everything that it has to offer. Um, And you you don't know where one thing might lead to another. So rather than setting your goals to just what you need, it's about setting it more than what you need it's okay to have excess money and probably at some point in your life there'll be an instance where it wasn't okay for you to have excess or either somebody took it away or somebody judged you for it or somebody else wanted a piece of it and you know really look at those messages and 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 trace it back where you can my next tip would be around developing your money mindset and this is a daily practice it's about reminding yourself what is possible for you yes you nobody else is available for you it's available for all of us um and I always like to do that by daily reading so and it's just daily reinforcement so if reading isn't your thing I just do like five minutes in the morning I've always got a money wealth consciousness book around either on my audible so sometimes I do it when I'm on so I listen to an audible if if reading isn't your thing podcasts audible books they are amazing um and I always listen to one either on the school run, if I haven't had a chance to just read a few pages in the morning. And that is because it's just continually feeding my brain with positive messages about the potential of what is available to me. And it's reminding me that people can manifest millions overnight if they particularly want to. Women can start a business with absolutely nothing and turn it into a multi-million pound empire. And so can you and so can I. And so can all of us collectively together. Um, and I think it's very easy to listen to the news and listen, read the papers and everything that we're being told about the economy and believe it as fact. So it's really important for you to change the message and flip the script in your brain and instead expand it to the possibilities. So, and that's a daily practice. If you don't do it daily, then it's not sort of, you know, it's not reinforcing that message to your subconscious mind. It's not really changing any habits or thoughts or beliefs. It's just oh, every now and again. No, 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 you need to do it daily. And you need to feed your brain with positive information. And then my last thing would absolutely and this is something I just feel so passionate about. Do not surround yourself with people that have a poor money mindset even if that person is your partner, it's really difficult to do. But again, like I said, when you're constantly surrounding yourself with people that are telling you that nobody has any money, and it's, it'd be really distasteful to make money during this economy, or, um, you know, the people that have money, the rich people are poor, uh, rich people are evil, or, you know, greed is bad, and not greed, but you know, having more than you need is bad. When you're surrounding yourself with these people, you're never going to ever step out of that you're only ever going to live a small life you're never going to thrive energetically because you're constantly being beaten down by everybody else's limited beliefs so if you do have a network that all just like you know if you're trying to arrange your girls nights out and no one's ever got any money for it believe me, people have money. It's what they choose to spend it on. It's exactly the same as time. We all have time. It's just how we choose to spend it. I have exactly the same time as Kim Kardashian. She manages to run multiple million pound empires with just as many children as me um, and a hundred other commitments. So that, you know, and surrounding myself with that kind of energy means that my potential is limitless. I'm constantly reminded that I can always do more, be more, show up more, And that's inspiring and motivating to me. I'm not doing it to make myself feel bad or I'm not good enough or um, it's just showing me what the possibilities are. So instead of surrounding myself with the limitations of other people around me, I'm instead surrounding myself with the positivity and the limitless potential of people beyond that. That's why I believe that community is so important, particularly when you're in business, it's really hard going. Um, And again, I had a physical business in a high street and all I would constantly hear and my partner would hear is that oh the high street 's dead you know there 's no business here there 's no clients here, and I would just look around and see those businesses owners with that mindset just constantly closing down, and then somebody else would come in and they 'd blame the high street or the economy or I don't know the weather um as to why they have no success and me and my partner would have arguments about this when I'm looking to grow the business and invest in um new staff new equipment new services he would constantly be saying yeah but look around there's no money here and I'd be like but there is there absolutely is there's money for the people that want to take it and are ready to take the inspired action to go out and get the money um And it's just about perception, mindset, reframing. It's all of those things. But so if you are in a position where everybody around you is just constantly moaning about money, you have to remove yourself from that situation. Instead, you know, go and listen to a podcast. Listen to a motivational video on YouTube. Go and look at, you know, go and find yourself. This is always a really good exercise as well. Go and find yourself examples of people that have made incredible success stories out of incredibly adverse situations. So, you know, JK Rowling, for example, she was a single parent. So, where I had played into that victim mindset of, you know, the starving, struggling single mother um architect, when I actually look at her, I'm like, "Oh my god, what the hell was I doing?" I was I was playing it small and limiting myself because I believed that I needed to be struggling as a single parent when she's actually made her billion pound empire as a single parent, you know, with just a napkin to write her ideas on for Harry Potter. So, I have no excuses. There will be people that are in exactly the same situation as you that have completely made success, financial and otherwise, um, without any limitations or excuses. So if you're ever like, oh, but it's finding yourself in that mindset where you're making excuses and like, oh, but, you know, it's easy for her. Or it's easy for them. Go and research examples where other people that have been in exactly the same situation as you um, have made that success. That's always something fun to do instead of Googling um, or being, scrolling on Instagram. Go and do that instead and remind yourself what is possible for you. So what I'd love. To, so I hope that you found that information useful and it's, it's hopefully started some thoughts, um, ticking along, you know, start sparking some some limiting beliefs and some observations that will help you to move past them. Um, Again, I'll be writing on my blog more detailed um, sort of information around this because it's something I feel so passionately about. But what I would love to leave you with is the world needs you. Yes, you. The world needs you to step up and become the most empowered and highest version of yourself. And that starts with you earning the money that you deserve. We are here to thrive and experience absolutely everything that life has to offer, not just survive and play it small. So I'd really love to invite you to do the work, do the journaling exercise, look at your history and start eliminating those blocks because you are going to have the most epic year of your life. And it starts with getting the money that you need to start living that life. So I have loved this podcast. I hope you have to obviously like, share, subscribe, whatever you need to do. Um, And definitely give me some feedback. I hope you love it. And I can't wait for the next episode. you for listening to this episode. It's been amazing to share this time with you and I feel honored to be part of your journey. If you've loved what you've heard, had an aha moment or found value in this episode, then please do like, comment and share. I would love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook. So come and find me and I look forward to helping you build your epic life.